The clock is at zero. And another Cougar game is in the books. Here's Worthy, makes the first man miss. Straight ahead past the 40. turned the game off a long time ago so maybe this is a time for you to be able to jump in and get going on uh the on the <laughs> i guess reaction i mean my goodness when you talk about reaction when you talk about what a game like that was for byu they had all sorts of i, I can't understand the stat lines for the life of me uh these days with this byu team and the reality is is that right now that byu offense continues to be Abysmal continues to be one of the bottom, not third, not bottom quarter, uh, but the bottom 10% of the country when it comes to producing yardage, when it comes to scoring. Uh, and yet the defense had a, a pretty darn good day against a backup quarterback in Texas, uh, holding Malik Murphy to just 170 yards passing. But BYU loses 35-6 to down in Austin, and there was at no point in this game that you felt like BYU was in this thing and since the returned field or returned punt, excuse me, by Xavier Worthy, they got things started out scoring wise. Uh, on a day where the defense really seemed to be dialed up, Jay Hill had his guys dialed up. But at some point, uh, that Texas offense, you give the ball to him a couple of times on turnovers, and you're going to find yourself uh, in a really bad spot. Welcome in. It's your Cougar post game show. 
Alex Curie here. Uh, Jason Jones, our producer back in the booth, is also going to jump in a little bit periodically. And I want to just start off here by throwing out some numbers. Before I do, though, our, our uh, Cougar postgame show brought to you by Zions Bank, as always. 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. We're anticipating hearing some uh, reaction from Kalani Satake and some players in the postgame here. Uh, they'll be wandering over into the locker room. This is one of those days that they'll likely pack it up pretty darn quick. Uh, but let me just point out a couple of big numbers right off the bat. The 35-6 to 6, uh, seems like a popular scoreline today in the state of Utah. Utah lost that same number to Oregon, 35-6 to 6 also. Uh, and, <laughs> frankly, had the same woes that BYU did on the offense. They can't run an offense. BYU was having such a hard time. At one point, they were over 100 yards rushing. Uh, and, in fact, with the, with the sack totals kind of taken out, which that's part of the, the, the running game total, they ended up with 95 yards on the ground. Uh, it was at least in the second half you started to see something getting going on that. Ru- it's like they figured out some scheme. They started to run the ball a little bit more cleanly, uh, but 26 rushes for 95 yards on the day for BYU. That's a an average of 3.7. But Aiden Robbins had uh, 17 rushes for 56 yards. I think it was a massive uh, ding on that on that run game too to find out that LJ. Uh, that L.J. Martin wasn't going to be playing the, uh, playing in this game today. So he didn't come into the game at all. So instead you had Deion Smith uh, and Miles Davis uh, taking other snaps as well. Um, but, look, bright sides, let me just tell you right now. Darius Lasseter is a baller. Uh, Chase Roberts, he caught four balls for 29 yards. But I think Darius Lasseter was uh, kind of a I – mean, we've seen him doing his thing over the last few weeks, and he's been getting better and better. Uh, I'm trying to find the most positive things out here. Some of the things that stand out, too, when you talk about having a defense or an offense that can't move the football, the things that really, really stand out to me are the third down conversions. BYU is 2 of 13, another abysmal week of being able to convert third downs and conversely giving up uh, uh, easy conversions or at least a, a big conversion uh, number for Texas, who ended up on the day 6 for 11. So 2 for 13 for BYU and 6 for 11 for Texas. Now, Malik Murphy was not perfect at all. In fact, picking off Malik Murphy, uh, Crew Wakeley, kind of right there at the beginning of the – or in the first quarter there, I will say that a, a an underrated bad play of this game for BYU was the illegal blindside block by Max Tooley on that return that negated about 45 yards of – or 40 yards of that return. So instead of being on the 10-yard line or the 11-yard line or at least well within the red zone, BYU ended up having to be having to start things off on their own 45 and you know seeing kind of the the writing on the wall with how this offense was moving the football which was not at all, you were just not doing any favors to your guys and so you left scores on the field there and you know and and, and I won't I won't I won't say that it was a boneheaded play by Max because uh, you know, you're in that moment, and you're trying to find a guy, you're trying to pick somebody off. And, you know, when you watch in hindsight, he's going to kick himself over it because it was behind the play. And, you know, Max Tooley's a, a, a baller, and so he wants to put – he wants to lay the wood down on somebody, and he did on a blindside block. That ended up being – like I said, people forget about that play, but that one ended up, instead of being on the 10-yard line, being on their own 45. And it was a great takeaway. Uh, and it was a nice way to be able to get into the head of Malik Murphy – but it was not. It was not a good. <laughs> that's not how you want things to end when you do get that pick. It's nice to get a pick, but uh, you've negated all that return yardage on that on that penalty, and that was under an underrated situation. 
The only scoring for the day for BYU, a couple of fair and field goals. And with that, BYU only, uh, again, south of the 300-yard mark when it comes to offense. When you see in this conference everybody making making moves on the offense, everybody seemingly able to score points, everybody seemingly able to get even over that 400-yard threshold, uh, BYU is well behind the eight ball when it comes to this. And yet they're still a 5-3 and three team. They're 2-3 and three in conference. Certainly they fall uh, into a, a you know into that red territory underneath that 500 line in the conference play. And with Oklahoma losing today, I will tell you that made a big impact. They lost that game in the first half or during the first half of this football game, and the entire crowd reacted at Texas. And I think that the sideline at, at Texas also reacted. They showed on TV the score up on the board at Royal K Stadium. And, and you know what happened? You saw that team rally because you know what? They saw the door open for a Big 12 uh, meeting uh, in Arlington again with the the Oklahoma Sooners, who uh, fell today to the Kansas Jayhawks. So I think there were a lot of factors in this game that, you know, I think BYU getting off to the slow, slow, slow start again, getting behind early on a, on a, on a punt return uh, is it, just – it's a it's a terrible look. It's a, it's a bad way for BYU to start. They haven't – they haven't done well when they've started from behind, and, and you see the success that they do when they when they actually do start uh, the ones th- that are the ones that are scoring first. And so this was this was a a really really poor performance on the offensive side of things, and yet one of their better games on the ground, I guess. I, I'm trying to find some positive things out of this thing, but Keaton Slovis did not look comfortable. Keaton Slovis did did not look uh, comfortable at all, and I just and, and you know. Even the the almost interceptions were just as concerning as the, as the ones that ended up being, you know, picks. And, and and I will say for a stat line that he had, 24 for 39, 197 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, at least when you saw some lower passing yard yardage number in the game's pass from Keaton Slovis, you saw the zero interception stat line, which was more important. And in this game, of course, it gets flipped and. You know, long gone now are the days of that Texas Tech game where they took away the ball five times and then did not give the ball away at all. So you had a fumble that they gave up. You had the two interceptions that they gave up. Uh, Texas ended up with a fumble and a uh, and an interception. And so they give the ball away two times, but BYU's not able to really do anything with it. Uh, and so so there you go. Jason Jones, our producer there in Salt Lake, uh, or here in Salt Lake, giving us also the breakdown. Uh, of this one, Jason, you watched this game, and and certainly we've seen this story before from BYU. They've been able to pull out some weird games, uh, even by not being able to produce on the offensive side. But in Texas, at Texas, not really going to be something that happens for you, especially with a talented team like the Longhorns. Yeah, no. When you go play a team like that, you you got to be on the top of your game uh, right from the beginning. And I mean, we we were talking about it back here in the studio how the defense of BYU seemed to be kind of keeping them in the game as we went along. But of course, I mean, they had two fourth down. They had yeah. those two fourth down and goal stops. I yeah, mean, it, I, I think there's a lot they're going to take away from that on the defensive side of things. But you can't do anything else. I mean, it, they're on the field. It seemed like the whole game yeah. though, too. I yeah, mean, and you, you and they can't had do your some, defense like that. And they made some great plays. And they they did stop them, like you said, uh, on those uh, you know down at the goal line. But the offense just didn't. I mean, you just just didn't get any. But it, 
the running game, as you said, I guess was this <laughs> successful running game. I mean, they ran for 95 yards, but only 3.7 average, which is not, you know, particularly great. I it just it, it shows that Texas. I mean, here's Texas with a backup quarterback, uh, and actually the guy that we know is actually not even going to be the one that takes over once Ewers is gone. I mean, it, it's going to be Manning. We know it's going to be Manning, and so Murphy's kind of in this you know strange situation. Here he is uh, trying to go out there and, ma- and make plays and. Make it seem like he, you know, he can be the guy, um, even though he's probably not going to end up being the guy. But that shows you the depth and the talent that that Sarkeesian has built there at Texas at this point. Um, that they're able to go out with a guy who is, for all intents and purposes, the th- actual third string quarterback, and yet they were, you know, they put up thirty five points. It, it, but it was, it just seemed like a. I I, I look at the thirty five points the Texas put up and then I look at the 35 points that Oregon put up against Utah and it just doesn't seem the same at all I and mean, Oregon just right. kind of went out and just rolled over Utah at Texas it was like a struggle the whole game for them to yeah. to get you know to get yards well, really the game. They got, yeah they got two late scores and, right. and really right. it was you know uh, and that's not to say, oh no! I mean, the score line looks way worse than the game actually sure. was. Sure, but there's an there's a mo- but there's a little bit of an effect of that where, you know, BYU at some point you go, how on earth are they staying at 21? Like Texas was at 21, <laughs> it seemed like forever, right? Uh, and they and they were. I mean, BYU was, uh, you know, held them scoreless in the third quarter and for much of that of that fourth quarter. Uh, but I mean, it was just such a hard time for BYU to be able to get things going. They came out of the they came out of the second half. And they had a couple of positive runs, which honestly, I I looked at it and the way that things were going, Jason, I was like, there's no way. I think this is going to be a negative 40-yard rushing day for BYU. There's no way they're going to get into positive. And, you know, uh, ringing in my ears were one of the beat writers from Texas this week who said, don't run the football. Uh, (laughs) Don't run the football uh, at all. Please don't. And and so, uh, anyway, that's that's, – that was the part that I, I was I was a little bit like frustrated with because then it start you start to watch him do something uh, on the offense and you know again uh, bright spots I think I think Darius Lasseter was a, was a fun piece of that he had a, he had that nice forty uh, five yard catch that was just a, a, a crazy you know highlight for BYU great because you didn't have yet on a day you didn't have much at all I said this before the game too I just why is Isaac Rex only getting two catches in a game. He's had seven in the last three weeks total. He's had seven catches in the last three weeks total. This is a guy who is an All-American caliber tight end, certainly one of the better tight ends in the country, and yet they're not able to work him into the offense. And I don't know if that's a a function of – I mean, certainly teams are going, you got to figure this guy out. You can't let 83 do his thing. But – at the same time, he was throwing. They were throwing to the outside enough that I thought maybe they could work Isaac Rex in, and he had a bad drop as well. But anyway, I, working number eighty-three into the games always has to be something that has to be a priority because he is one of the better tight ends in the country. But still, the struggles on offense continue for BYU, and uh, here we are another week talking about those struggles on offense. I'm almost glad, Jason, we can't take calls just for the sake of not having to hear the <laughs> yeah. uh, the calls for A Rod's job, yeah. right? I mean, we'll we'll see those on I, Twitter, and we have already. But I, I do think that uh, this is one of those those moments where we have to just go look. They got to come back. They got to come back to Provo, and here's where it really, really gets hard. They come back to Provo. They have to uh, get right, you know, tonight and tomorrow when it comes to getting treatment and everything. And uh, you hit the practice field where it's a little bit lighter on Monday. And then it's, I mean, 
they're going to be watching film on West Virginia tonight on the plane, right? On the way on their way back to Provo, they're already going to be looking at this uh, West Virginia game, and that's a long trip out to the East Coast. So you had a long trip to Texas this week where you hit a bunch of, of uh, lumps and bruises, and now suddenly you look at five and three and you go, okay, this thing could get out of control quickly here if BYU can't figure out West Virginia, if they can't figure out Iowa State, if they can't figure out uh, you know Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, every one of those teams uh, is doing way better than I think that, uh, well, at least maybe they, they began the season in Oklahoma State's case, and certainly Iowa State also. Uh, these teams are those teams are all winning right now, and including West Virginia, who actually looks a lot better than we thought they were going to at the beginning of the year. So none of these next ma- there's no there's no room to stand around and go, well, this is a bad one, and, and sit and stew about it because this is conference play, and you have to go back. You're trying to get to bowl eligibility, and you only need one win to do it. But uh, where are you going to get it over the next four four games? Not exactly sure. Um, but man, it's going to be. It's going to be a slog here for BYU, especially if they can't figure things out on offense. Uh, I, I, and at this point, they kind of are who they are, right? I mean, I don't know if you can say, no, now they'll get the run game established. Now they'll be able to figure things out. And that's the frustrating part for BYU fans. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back. Uh, it's the Cougar Post Game Show brought to you by Zions Bank. When we do return, uh, we're also going to bring you some sound as soon as we get it from Provo, but we'll break some more of this uh, stuff down. Alex Curie here, Jason Jones back in the studio in Salt Lake as we uh, get you ready for more of the reaction of the BYU 35-6 to loss. Down in Texas today, they go to 5-3 and three on the season and 2-3 and three in conference play. We'll come back. More to go around the corner. Stay right here, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. The UC football season is in full swing and our players are ready to take on the competition. This year we are proud to have a girls only division playing alongside the boys and team scheduling pairs teams up with like competition, keeping the game both fun and challenging for players of all ages. The UC encourages players to work together, build lifelong friendships and overcome life's challenges. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram for 4K video of your favorite teams. Learn more at ucfootball.org. Hands and Scotty with our good friends at Advanced Windows. And Hands, you and I have been talking about Advanced Windows for years now because we're big fans of what they do. And with the winter coming, now's the time to get those new windows installed. Call right now to schedule an in-home, no-pressure audit of your current windows. It's simple, and you'll be working with experienced window specialists that'll be able to explain the issues with your current windows and why you're filling a draft. Advanced Windows is a local window and door manufacturing company that sells direct to the public 37 years of experience all the way back since 1986 and with no middleman markup they're going to save you money all under the direction of the mayor of sack lake city nate orchard it's from their factory to your front door in eight weeks affordable windows guaranteed and right now take two thousand dollars off when you swap out 10 windows or more get a hold of them right now at advancedwindows.com that's advancedwindows.com one more time that's advancedwindows.com Hey guys, Alex Curie here. You heard us talking about the G2G bars for some time now, but I'm telling you, you've got to give these a try. They're the perfect healthier snack or even a meal replacement like we've been doing. And these are game changers. Not only are they satisfying, they're gluten-free, 18 grams of protein, and they taste amazing. You have to give it a shot. They have all kinds of flavors, and you know that they're fresh. They're made without additives. You've heard the spiel before, but they're made right here in Utah, too. Local company. Check the refrigerated section at most of the local stores along the Wasatch Front, including Costco, and you'll see what we mean. You can also go online, g2gbar.com. DJ PK and John joins us from Jay Brooks Jewelers. 
John, for the people who are getting married and they want a special, a unique engagement ring, can you help them? That's right, DJ. With the custom department at J. Brooks Jewelers, we have the finest set of artisans and jewelers in the entire state. And we've come up with a collection of engagement rings that contain all the qualities that we've loved over the years from working with so many different couples. So you can choose a custom ring that reflects your love for her and her personality. Or we can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the help of our master artisans. The new J. Brooks collection features a variety of ring styles, though, which include halo, solitaires, bezel set, and attorney bands, and more. So we know that your love and your relationship is unique. So let's show the world a beautifully one-of-a-kind Utah-made engagement ring from J. Brooks Jewelers. For the very best in customer care, commitment, and quality, visit us at J. Brooks Jewelers, Murray and Lehigh, or online at jbrooksjewelers.com. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Download the KSL Sports app to get live streaming of your favorite shows. Downloading. Download the latest podcasts and get all the latest breaking news on the teams you can't live without. Everything you need delivered right to your phone. Let's go get them where we can get them. Just search KSL Sports on your app store of choice. Download it now. The KSL Sports app presented by University of Utah Health. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Michelle Bodkin covers the youth for KSLSports.com. Michelle, is there any reason to think Utah wouldn't welcome Cam Rising back with open arms next season? I think they would be out of their mind if Cam said that he wanted in. To be honest, I lean towards him staying at Utah. I know that people are, are spreading rumors. The thing is, he is in a position where he needs to prove that he is good to go and okay. There's no guarantee when you transfer that you're going to find the same kind of fit, the same kind of chemistry. Then you look at, you know, how things are setting up for Utah. You know, the Big 12 is kind of wide open. So thinking about the things that he needs to kind of check off in order to make that jump to the NFL, I think coming back and, and doing something big here is probably his best path forward. Jake and Ben, weekdays from 10 to noon, presented by Any Hour Services. Call or schedule online at anyhourservices.com on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Time to welcome in jazz owner Ryan Smith. I'm not looking for a specific number in terms of total of wins, but what are your expectations for this season? Well, I'm excited. I've got great confidence in Will and Danny and Jay-Z, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure the West is tough. I like our core. I like our pieces. I like our team. But I think similarly to last season, a lot of people don't know what to expect naturally and how we stack up. I and mean, we've got a first five games are pretty challenging. But I think we'll surprise people. I think we will. And Will did that last year, and I think the guys want to win. We want to be a playoff team. We want to get there. And, I mean, all you can do is put the smartest people around you and and rally. And I think that's one of the things we've done here. Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. Eric Scopel, DuckTerritory.com, part of the 24-7 network. I will speak for Oregon fans. I think they all would have preferred to have played Utah before the bye week. Because it feels like the youth have really figured a couple of things out. With with Barnes, that quarterback, who's clearly played probably his two best games. Last week was undoubtedly, I think, his best game of the season. Sure. Um, you mentioned Baki, which is 
like, oh my gosh, what a story that is. A guy was playing defense and he put him out there and he's just a, 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 such a versatile weapon too. It's not just that he comes on offense and he's really good at one thing. And like the first week against California, he's often running as a wildcat quarterback basically and, and scoring long touchdowns. And then against USC, those wheel routes. I mean, it, it's really impressive the way that they've been able to manufacture things offensively. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Download the KSL Sports app to get live streaming of your favorite shows. Downloading. Download the latest podcasts and get all the latest breaking news on the teams you can't live without. Everything you need delivered right to your phone. Let's go get them where we can get them. Just search KSL Sports on your app store of choice. Download it now. The KSL Sports app presented by University of Utah Health. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Michelle Bodkin covers the youth for KSLsports.com. Michelle, is there any reason to think Utah wouldn't welcome Cam Rising back with open arms next season? I think they would be out of their minds if Cam said that he wanted in. To be honest, I lean towards him staying at Utah. I know that people are, are spreading rumors. The thing is, he is in a position where he needs to prove that he is good to go and okay. There's no guarantee when you transfer that you're going to find the same kind of fit, the same kind of chemistry. Then you look at, you know, how things are setting up for Utah. You know, the Big 12 is kind of wide open. So thinking about the things that he needs to kind of check off in order to make that jump to the NFL, I think coming back and, and doing something big here is probably his best path forward. Jake and Ben, weekdays from 10 to noon, presented by Any Hour Services. Call or schedule online at anyhourservices.com on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Everybody, welcome back. It is the Cougar Post Game Show. Brought to you by Zions Bank. 150 years of helping you succeed. Zions Bank is for you. Zions Bank, uh, sponsors of our Cougar pregame, Cougar postgame, Ute pregame, Ute postgame shows right here on the KSL Sports Zone. So we appreciate you joining us. Alex Curie here. Uh, Jay Catch is doing uh, duty on the Utah side of things this week, and so we'll excuse him or you guys can curse him however you, want, however you would like on uh, Twitter. No problem. Uh, Jake can take it. All right, he's a big boy. But uh, Jason Jones joining me from the studio there in Salt Lake as well. We were just talking about how uh, this is just one of those games that felt like, you know, t- the TCU game did feel similar in the sense that it was over early, right? It felt like that a little bit, except for, except for, I mean, Texas did struggle. The defense did enough to keep, like, they should have been able, if the offense was doing anything on BYU's side of things, if the offense was able the football more and of course you throw in the uh three turnovers to texas's two you lost the turnover battle there was no chance you have to do everything pretty much totally right uh to be able to go into austin and get a win uh, but they don't 35 to 6 is the final texas throwing a couple touchdowns there at the end including one uh you know arguably during a time you could have just knelt that thing out but hey you got the backups in and you're running the football uh it's on the onus is on byu to stop that thing so uh, all of those things, 
came to the came to a head, Jason, where BYU ends up losing this football game again, and it was another game. Like I said, I think the thing that stands out: you had 277 yards of total offense last week in a win, and then you had 296 yards of offense this week in a loss. Being under that 300 yard mark is is been. Uh, you know, kind of a calling card this year, but they have one of the worst offenses in the country, and scoring offense-wise, six points is not going to help them in that matter either. You're going to see them at the very bottom of the conference uh, uh, def- or total offense as well this week. And I just wonder at this point what you can actually fix. If it's fixable, if at this point you just kind of tell yourselves, nope, this is the identity of the BYU offense. Well, I, as you pointed out before, I think one of the things that they've got to do is they've got to go back to giving Isaac Rex the ball. And I don't know why he's not getting targeted more. And I, I, we talked about this a little bit off the air, whether or not they're, for some reason they're schematically going away from him, whether they've looked at the linebackers of these teams and they think that he can't. But, I mean, Isaac Rex is, I mean, this is a world-class tight end here. So you should be able to have confidence that he's going to be able to get open against the linebackers and he's going to be able to make the catches. And why it seems they're scheming against him or scheming away from him. I'm not exactly sure uh, what what it is, but I mean, clearly in this game, it was the offense that was the problem. I mean, they lost, yeah, they lost the turnover battle three to two, but that's really not why they lost the game. And they they had 292 yards. Texas only had 354 yards, so it wasn't like right. Texas had a ton of yards either. It just we seemed love our house. It it's on a great block. Just she seemed like every time that uh, BYU uh, you know would take two steps forward, all of a sudden they would they would do something that would that would stop them and stop their momentum from going right. whether or not you know Slovis just you know had to roll out and throw the ball away or whatever it was the pressure that Texas was getting on him it just every time they seemed like they were getting some momentum going they just seemed to lose it they had to settle for two field goals instead of being able to go into the end zone for some touchdowns you know the red zone efficiency was not great at all um and and I just think that I, I don't I don't know I, I I don't know what the answer is honestly I mean I look at it and I go okay okay they they got some things going they got some nice stuff going on why aren't they being able to uh, you know punch it in why aren't they being able to get get past because Texas this is a good Texas team but it didn't seem to me like Texas dominated the game now maybe had they had Ewers in maybe they would have dominated the game more than they did um, but. It, they just never seemed like they were, you know, putting their their foot on BYU's throat. The defense was keeping BYU in the game. It's just the offense just could not get out of their own way, and they just couldn't get the momentum going to get them into the end zone. Uh, so Kalani just wrapped up at the podium. We'll get that sound turned around for you as quickly as we can here, uh, and we'll make sure that you can get that. Uh, our guy Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper, both uh, from Cougar Sports Saturday, they're both down there in Austin, and they're uh, hooking us up with sound. So. Matt Biamonte, uh, nice enough to get that sound, and then we'll get the players as well who are at the podium. This is one of those quick turnarounds that they usually have uh, at those, you know, at these losses like this where you just go, let's get out of here. There's no partying in the locker room. There's no uh, getting excited about anything. They just uh, pack it up. You don't. It's a it's a quiet plane ride. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, they're going to get their 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 iPads are going to have <laughs> some video delivered to them about West Virginia, all ready for them to get prepped for and. Uh, and that's part of it. It's a long trip home. It's a it's it's not a it's not an easy flight from Texas. That's a good three and a half hours back up to Salt Lake or back at, back into Provo. So I, I do think that this BYU team is going to lick those wounds a little bit this week. But this is 
the benefit and, uh, you know, if you want to call it a negative, it's the, the benefit of, of just you're being in conference play and you go, don't care, we can't worry about the loss anymore, you have to move straight on. You don't have time to worry about that game so so much. You've got your offense to figure out. You've got this run game to figure out. How long is L.J. Martin going to be out? You know, I've been extremely impressed by these safeties and defensive backs who have not who have been, who've been asked to kind of overreach and do their thing. I mean, I know that they gave up a couple of touchdown passes to Malik Murphy, but it could have been a lot worse, and you had some takeaways. You had some really stout uh, and good good kind of run you know, good blitzing called uh, by by Jay Hill, and I've just—I uh, mean, Crew Wakely especially—I thought had a pretty pretty darn good game for a guy who's been thrown into that mix this year and has had to play a lot. And you know, now you kind of look at it and you go, "Well, that's a guy who's a little bit veteran now." And you know, I don't—I just when you're missing a guy like Ben Bywater, also, it's not that Harrison Taggart did an awful job. I just think that you are taking away, and I think Asara did a, a great job. Uh, you know, kind of filling in and doing his thing. He had a couple of tackles for loss. He included – he had that uh, forced fumble as well that he also recovered himself. So he was the cause of one of those turnovers for BYU. But I do think that this defense had things dialed up and they had a scheme, they had a plan, they had things ready to go. And I just – I think that they look to the other side of the locker room and they go, hey, we were kind of doing our thing and we weren't getting much help from you guys. Uh, and so – because if you do – when you turn a ball over, this is the worst. When you turn the ball, when you force a turnover, or uh, just as good, when you force a fourth, uh, a fourth down and goal, and I think one of them was fourth and one, and they stopped both of them uh, at the one and the two yard lines of, ta- of you know defending their own end zone. That's as good as a turnover. The turnover on downs and that moral victory that you have is short lived when your offense goes out there and you're punting from your own end zone. Uh, you know, less than 90 seconds later off the clock. And so those are awful moments to be in on this defense because you look back up on the board, you've just caught your breath, and you go, okay, oh, my goodness, are we already punting? You know, like that is that is where the defense's head is at. So let's jump in here quickly and uh, get some Kalani Satake from the podium down in Texas. I think the first part we're going to have to turn up just a little bit because it was kind of quiet at the very beginning there. But We'll, uh, we'll, we'll roll with it. So Kalani Satake from the podium in the loss to Texas. Okay, well, uh, I'll start now. Just a real quick statement. Um, obviously not, not the outcome that we wanted. Um, and uh, I think there's, if you look at it, for the thing that stands out to me is there's missed opportunities that we had and all three phases and uh, um, inability for us to weather some things and then also to take advantage of opportunities that we had. But uh, I hate saying that like like we had everything to do with it, and I think you have to give a lot of credit to Texas and uh, to Sark and his staff. They did a great job. It's a great team. There's a reason why they're still in the uh, the playoff contention talk, uh, and they deserve to be in that. And, uh, it's a great team, and, and you, when you're playing against great teams, you can't make the amount of stakes that we made and uh, hope to get a, a victory out of that. No. I'm proud of the way our players played. Uh, they're tough. Our guys were resilient, but uh, just missed opportunities and, um, and and riddled with a lot of mistakes. Though, and that's my job as head coach is to is to handle all the mistakes, and uh, I'll do a better job getting our guys ready. But I, I felt like uh, we had such great <clears throat> prep going into this week, and um, you know, even though you have great prep and you have plans on how things are going to go, you have to give credit to the great talent on the other side and, and the. And the the amazing coaching you know that they've done. You guys know how I feel about Sark. Um, I know that uh, all BYU faithful are going to cheer for him and uh, wish him the best. Uh, he's, he's a good friend of mine, and, and um, 
Uh, I just wish we could have given them more of a fight, you know, more in the, in, the, in the scoreboard. In terms of fighting, I thought the guys fought to the end and, and, uh, and didn't, didn't ever give up. But I felt like the uh, Texas showed their, their identity at the end, just taking over, just relying on the run game, um, going to Brooks and just pounding the ball. And, and uh, I, I think um, that's, that was a good move for them. You know, and, and uh, we, we weren't able to make some plays. And, uh, but um, we're going to build from this. I feel good about our team and our culture and, and where we're at. Obviously, the score doesn't, is not going to indicate the, our identity. We're still building on, on, on things and trying to progress as a team. So I feel really good about that. Uh, I just got to do a better job getting our guys ready. But the guys will fight. They're obedient. They try to do everything we ask them to. And uh, I just need to do a better job, get them in better position to have success in all three phases. So uh, good luck to Texas. And uh, it was an honor to be here. I thought their fans were amazing. What a, what a cool uh, venue and a, an amazing experience. Um, you know, I've always, this is my first time being here. And, and uh, uh, fans have treated us with respect. And we're, we're good to us as much as you can to an opponent. And uh, I thought it was a really good experience, other than the scoreboard. But uh, thank you to, to Texas Faithful and to their, their football team. I thought, I thought they represented really well. And uh, it was an honor to be on this field. And looking forward to someday playing against them uh, in the future. So uh, I'll take any questions you guys have. Talk about the defense. Two stops inside the five-yard line on fourth down, forced a fumble, able to give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter to come back. Yeah, and I, I just I think we had some missed opportunities. But those guys just kept they just kept playing hard to the end, and um, I think that long run at the end just kind of left left a little sour taste in the whole th thing. But um, we we're create some turnovers, and um, you know, there, but there's still a lot of mistakes. I, I, I uh, against really good teams, you can't shoot yourself in the foot with some of the missed assignments that we had, and that's uh, the, like I said, that's my job, get them better. But the guys fought hard, and I, again, you have to give credit to Texas. They're a difficult opponent. I've been saying that all week. Uh, when we see them on film, they just pop out the, the talent and the depth and the coaching. And uh, you could tell that they have a really good culture within their system. Uh, I know a lot of those coaches on the staff, and you can tell this, this thing's starting to really build. And uh, I think they're going to be um, you know, one of those teams that, that have a shot at the end. And uh, knowing Sark the way I do, I'm going I'm to wish them the best of luck and, and cheer for their success. Uh, the teams have just seemed to be regressed. Why is that? And why is your kick return returning the ball and only getting to the 15 yard line. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll have to fix it. I guess I can't answer all that in one in one answer, but uh, I got to do a better job. That, that, that's the easy answer. And um, our players try hard. They give us all their effort. Maybe we're not doing something right in, in terms of uh, getting them in the right position. So that's my job. I'll get it right. I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, but I, I, can, I can trust that the guys are going to give us their effort. And, and uh, you're right. I, I think maybe sometimes in Texas, they, they, they're able to, uh, the kicker does a great job of pinning the ball and making things really difficult on the return. So you have to give them credit for that. And then their punt returner, I mean, what a great athlete, you know. We've seen that before. And, and it was just a, one of those things that looked like a slow motion um, that he was able just to make guys miss. And, and then it was just over, and he was in the end zone. And that was a hard way to start the game. But the guys kept fighting back from it. And, um, you know, we created some turnovers. We had an opportunity to be in the red zone and, and had a penalty to bring it back. It's just little things like that that, that uh, got to teach our guys to be a little bit more disciplined, and that's that's my job. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it all out. And from on the special side, uh, special team side of things, all three phases, we we got to win at least two of them to have a chance. And, and if we can dominate and win all three, then then uh, we'll have the outcomes like what Texas did to us today. At the end of that nine-minute drive in the second quarter, um, you're down at the two. Why did you elect to go for a field goal there? And was there? 
something like you didn't line up? Like what kind of happened there? Yeah, we had a breakdown in, in the communication and, and getting the play that we wanted to set up. And then uh, in that angle, it was just like, okay, we kick the field goal or, or do we uh, get some points and get some positive things from it? And uh, easier to get the delay game, back it up, and, and, and have a better angle at the kick. Um, I don't know. I felt like we were going for it so many times. Let's just keep it, keep it going and see if we can punch it in. But uh, we, we'll evaluate all those things. That's on coaches. That's on, that's on the players. That's on me and, and our staff. Was the offensive staff aware of the back-to-back timeout rules this year? That was my fault. That wasn't on them. Yeah. That, that, the, uh, we didn't have things set up. And, and I think the, the goal was to try to maybe draw them off sides, get a little bit closer. So we, we have um, – there's such a good front. They're so big, and it's just you just can't assume that you're going to just make easy yards by punching it in. But at least it gives us more options when you're, we're a yard closer, even if it's half the distance. And, and so we were thinking about doing that, but the clock was with – with the new rules, the clock goes so much faster. And that, that, that's my fault. I've got to get these guys right. And then I, didn't, I didn't, uh, didn't think about it before. So that's one of those new rules that, that – uh, that uh, we had got to be adjusted to. And normally we were reminded of it, and, and our guys on the sideline remind me of it, but I, that was my fault. My you turned to a lot of different people at various points this season to provide a spark. Was there any conversation between you and Roderick about going to a different quarterback to provide a spark when the offense was struggling? Yeah, I think with the, I mean, when you're looking at that, it's like I think everybody thinks that the easy answer is just to get another quarterback in there. It's like, how about let's just protect for him first, you know, and um, give him a chance. And so when, when he's getting hit, and uh, that's not his fault. That's protection. We had issues in protection breakdown. Uh, he, he was managing the game the way we wanted it to. We just weren't converting on, on plays. And, and again, Texas has a say on that. They, they're really good defense, and they made things difficult for us. But uh, I believe in our, our players. I believe in Keaton. I believe in, in our guys. And, and um, uh, we just didn't make enough plays, you know. But I, I don't think uh, when, you're, when you're, people are looking for sparks and things like that, I think you lose your players when you just start looking for sparks all over the place. You start doing that and you find nothing anywhere, and then you've lost the momentum and things that you've built on. I, I think <clears throat> to say that, hey, let's go and get, try to get a spark against a great powerhouse like Texas, like as if we uh, can impose our will, I think is the wrong thing to do. Now, do I want to be aggressive? Of course. That's why we went for it on fourth down. And, and uh, there are some times that it was going to be, if we didn't convert, uh, even backed up, we were going to go for it. We were gonna do a lot, I mean, that's that's... That's not, I want to be aggressive in that way, but I also want to be thoughtful and mindful of the mistakes that are make that we're making. If the offense isn't progressing down the field and we're not scoring points, it's an eleven-man problem. It's not just one guy, you know. And then, and, and it's a, it's also a problem with with us coaches getting our guys in the right spot. So, uh, address the, the, the issues and the deficiencies, and let's make it better, and uh, not not make something up when it's not even uh, there. Does that makes sense. Question. Kalani, we talked about how this is a game of inches. Mm-hmm. It's a two-score game, third down. And Darius comes open, and the ball's maybe an inch high. He's made some great catches and just lights up his fingers, sets them up for kind of the TV to put it away. When you have one of those moments that's that close, what what's the response? What do you what do you do as a coach? You learn from it, and and uh, you 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 look at the the situations and where you can learn from it and get better. And I think adversity. Uh, is a great teacher for us, you know, and so whether we win or lose, I want our guys to keep progressing and learning. That's that's my job, and, um, and I, but I want our coaches and myself to keep learning too, and um, we'll learn from this. Uh, it's it's a it's a tough lesson, but um, sometimes school hard knocks is a great teacher, so uh, I'm okay with it. Do you feel like your team made progress today in some areas, and if so? I do. I th- I do felt like we made some progress, and I, and I and I the one thing I can count on is that I I told you that their efforts there, the energy's there, the fans were amazing. Our our fans showed up all over the place, and they're spread out throughout the stadium. But man, just 
just thankful for them. And so I think there's a lot of really good things that happened here. Um, we just got to be better on the field, but there's a lot of things to be thankful for. I'm, I'm grateful I get to coach this team and that we have a wonderful fan base and um, great that we had an opportunity against a, a great opposing team, you know, and, and it's led by uh, uh, my teammate and, uh, and a former Cougar. And so I'm really proud of them. But um, we could do some things better, and, and we plan on, on learning from it and, and getting better from this. And, we lift our chins up and get better and then find it to do it with a positive attitude. I believe in these guys, and there's still a lot more to play for. As always, positive Kalani Satake, even after the 35-6 loss that the Cougars took at the hands of the Texas Longhorns. We'll come back, wrap up our Cougar postgame show next. Uh, so much more to get to <laughs> over the rest of this weekend, but also – uh, for next week right here on the KSL Sports Zone. You don't want to miss any of our coverage of all the shows all week long, uh, talking about all the games that, uh, that transpired here in the state of Utah and abroad. So we've got more to go. Stay with us, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Zions Bank is celebrating 150 years of service. With that much time under the belt, it's no surprise our helpful bankers are ready with the knowledge and support you'd expect from an experienced bank. Whether you're looking to open a new account, save for the future, or invest for the long term, we're ready to help right now or whenever it's convenient for you. Come bank with us and see what we can accomplish together. Now more than ever, Zions Bank is for you. A division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A. member FDIC. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hey guys, Tim Brown from RGS Exteriors. Have you really looked at the exterior of your house lately? Does it look dated? Does it need the repairs that you just can't do? Let us help. For five generations, RGS Exteriors has been helping Utah homeowners with full exterior replacement of softened fascia, brick, stone, stucco, windows, gutters, and we are proud of being the only elite preferred James Hardy siding contractor in Utah. Don't put off what needs to be taken care of another year. Schedule an appointment today at 801 280 3110 or at com. Winter is coming. With snow already in the mountains, full-blown winter will be here before you know it. Hi, this is Josh with IEWC Roofing. We're the highest rated roofing contractor in Utah. Now is the time to protect your home by preparing for the upcoming season. Get ready for the winter and protect your home by calling our experts for a free in-home inspection. You need to take advantage of our extended Labor Day special and save $1,200 on a full roof replacement. Call 801-232-5690 or visit iwcroofingutah.com today to schedule your free consultation and save up to $1,200 on your complete roofing project iwc roofing offers the best warranty in the business backed by owens corning and our warranty doesn't prorate down like other roofing companies again call 801-232-5690 or visit iwcroofingutah.com to save that 1200 on a new roof install at iwc roofing we can install most new roofs in just one day call 801-232-5690 or visit iwcroofingutah.com 
Get access to all your college and pro football and the Utah Jazz all in one place. Ryan here with the Dish Professionals. We've been working hard to get you the games you want for the very best price. I'm talking about 8,000 touchdowns, tens of thousands of three-pointers through live TV and streaming apps with Dish. Never have I seen such a difference in what people are paying, what you can pay with Dish. We're so pumped to have the best promotion we've ever seen. Backed by Dish's three-year price guarantee. Are you ready to pay less and get all the college football channels including the Pac-12, pro football games, and record all the jazz games? Ask about the internet options we have for 25 to 50 bucks a month. We make it so easy with next day free professional standard installation and dinner at JCW's courtesy of the Dish Professionals. Call now and get the best price guarantee at 801-424-DISH. That's 801-424-DISH. Offer ends 11-13-23. Separate subscription streaming services required. Restrictions apply. Call for details. They are Intermountain Battery, Utah's premier battery dealer, and they've been building their reputation since 1971 on the principles of prompt service, high-quality products, and unbeatable prices. They believe in empowering customers with the knowledge needed to make the best choices for their battery needs. They place a high value on your experience with them because every customer is part of their family. Call them at 801-266-7465 for all of your auto, RV, and ATV battery needs. 801-266-7465. Cougar postgame show right here with you on 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Keery, my normal counterpart, Jay Catch, had to do some uh, Utah duty today. You can harass him on Twitter for that. Jason Jones joining me on the Cougar postgame show brought to you by Zions Bank. 150 years of helping you succeed. Zions Bank is for you. They bring you all of our coverage of uh, pre and post games across both Utah and BYU. So I want to thank their sponsorship. Uh, wow. I, we have some snow coming down, uh, it looks like, in our area. I don't know if it's happening downtown, but my goodness. Got the flurries coming down. And then you had 96 degrees in Austin, Texas, where BYU fell today to the Longhorns, 35-6. to six. Uh, We've got tons to figure out about this game, and, of course, we'll bring it to you. Mitch Harper and I, every Sunday from 10 to noon, 10 a.m. to noon, on KSL News Radio and on the KSL Sports Zone, right here on your dial, you're going to be able to hear us uh, do our full Big 12 breakdown. So, how did the rest of the conference do? Uh, how did the rest of the folks who are going to enter the conference next year do as well? So, we'll have that for you first and 12 tomorrow on KSL News Radio from 10 to noon, uh, and also on the KSL Sports Zone at the same time from 10 to noon. I think it replays as well on KSL News Radio from 3 to 5 in the afternoon. So, if you want to get more breakdown from the Big 12 part of that, you can get it there. Uh, and if you want to get the breakdown of both Utah and BYU, uh, all the local teams, all the Jazz, everything you can handle, uh, it's all going to be given to you right there on the KSL Sports Zone. We'll come back next week. All of the shows starting with DJ and PK Monday morning, you're going to be able to break it down. So uh, for Jason, our producer, and uh, myself, Alex Keery, we want to say thank you for joining us on the Cougar Post Game Show. We'll see you next time, everybody.